It is Monday, June 10th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and Scranton Wilkesbury finished their weekend off on a high note, and they finished off this long gauntlet of games, 22 games in 20 days with a couple of victories and a doubleheader. Rail Riders finish this stretch with a 15-7 and record over their last 22 games, all of which come against the IL North. And as a result, the Rail Riders wake up today five and a half games clear of Lehigh Valley for first place in the division. They're seven games clear of Syracuse, who now drops to third place after the Mets dropped three of four at PNC Field this weekend. So we go to the action, and Syracuse scored a first-inning run, solo home run, three batters in off of Raynell Espinal. So the Rail Riders played catch-up immediately. And in the bottom of the second inning, Logan Morrison had an RBI double. The bases became loaded after walks to Brad Miller and Eric Kratz. Mike Ford batting out of the leadoff spot was up for his second plate appearance in the first two innings. Aza comes set, bases loaded. Here's the one-two to Ford. Breaking ball, and it's gone. On to the berm. Mike Ford with a grand slam. And the Rail Riders score five in the inning. Lomo with the RBI double, and Mike Ford, grand slam, five runs across. The Rail Riders wouldn't trail from that point forward, but Syracuse would chip away. Two runs in the fourth and a run in the sixth, and suddenly it was a one-run game going to the bottom of the sixth in a seven-inning affair. So in the bottom of that sixth inning, Logan Morrison again came up with a double, and the batter up after him was Ryan McBroom. The 1-1's a swing and a fly ball crushed to left field by McBroom. This is gone. It's off the billboards above the walkway and left, and it comes bounding back onto the field of play. Scranton Wilkesbury gets some of that lead right back, and they lead 7-4. That swing was enough for a 7-5 victory in Game 1, even though Syracuse did bring the go-ahead run to the plate after loading the bases in the top of the seventh inning. But Caleb Ort got the final three outs. A double play helped him out along the way, and the Real Riders won by a couple runs in the opener. Game 2 started as well as it could for Scranton Wilkesbury. The bottom of the first inning featured seven runs. Seven of the first eight men reached off of starting pitcher Casey Coleman, who only faced six batters before getting lifted from the game. Bravik Valera, Mike Ford, and Tyro Estrada all walked to begin the game off of Coleman when Mike Talkman grounded into a fielder's choice in which Bravik Valera was out at the plate. Following that, Kyle Higashioka came to bat. The 2-1 pitch home to Higgy. Swing, line drive, smoked up the middle for a base hit. Ford scores. Estrada had to hold, thinking it could be caught. The throw goes into second. Talkman heads second to third. Estrada scores, and it's a two-run single for Kyle Higashioka. So the score was 2-0, and then Brad Miller followed with an RBI single. That was the swing that knocked Casey Coleman from the game when it was still only 3-0 Scranton-Wilkesbury. So Stephen Valines was the first arm in for Syracuse out of its pen, and Ryan McBroom knocked a single to center field to score a run. It extended the lead to 4-0. But then the big swing in the inning came from a guy who already doubled twice earlier in the doubleheader, and that was Logan Morrison. Morrison readies against Valines as he battles him here. Runners haven't gone with the 3-2 pitch yet. 
Another one, swing and a fly ball, crushed to right field by Lomo. This is gone. Into the railhouse. There's still only one out in the first inning, and Scranton Wilkes-Barre's put seven on the board. All told, the first inning featured seven runs on six hits and three walks. Nine total base runners as Scranton Wilkes-Barre sent a season-high 12 men to the plate. Once earlier this year, they scored seven runs in an inning at home against Toledo, so this inning matched that. An inning later, the offensive onslaught continued. Mike Talkman had a leadoff double in the second, and two batters later, up stepped Brad Miller. 3-2, the pitch. Miller swings and gives this a ride to left field. He stares at it, and so will the left fielder Alcantara. It's up onto the bridge. A prodigious opposite field blast from Brad Miller, and he makes it 9-0 in the second inning. 9-0 in the bottom of the second inning. The Real Riders got a run in the fourth, two more runs in the fifth on a two-run homer from Kyle Higashioka. And then in the sixth inning, Real Riders saw Rene Rivera, the backup catcher for Syracuse in the game, come in and throw a frame, a walk, a couple of doubles, and a sack fly, and two more runs capped the scoring. 14-3 victory for Grant Wilkesbury over Syracuse. The only three runs for the Mets came on three solo homers, one from Reimer Liriano, and two from Dilson Herrera, who also homered in the opener of the doubleheader. So Herrera finished the twin bill with a three-homer day. The doubleheader sweep for Scranton Wilkesbury featured 21 runs on 22 hits in just 12 innings of offense for the Rail Riders. The sweep was completed before 6,843 fans on a sparkling 80-degree afternoon in Music. Yesterday was Sunday, and as always, we get our reports from around the system. First, in single A with Matt Dean with the Charleston River Dogs, high A with Nick Flamia and the Tampa Tarpons, and double A with John Moses and the Trenton Thunder. Up first, here's Matt. With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. The River Dogs have won five of their last seven over the past week, keeping pace ahead of the Lexington Legends by a game and a half with nine games remaining in the first half of the season. The River Dogs had seven of their ranks named to the South Atlantic League All-Star Game this week, including left fielder Kanan Smith and right-hander Luis Heal, who will each start the game for the Southern Division on June 18th in West Virginia. River Dogs manager Julio Mascara talked earlier this week about the excitement surrounding Charleston's six initial all-star selections on the ballots. It's very exciting when you, when you have players in your team that, that will represent, and represent you in the all-star game. I mean, obviously, we have two pitchers and four position players, which is outstanding, and I think they deserve it. With Lockridge's late addition on Friday as an injury replacement, Charleston's All-Star ranks rose to seven. Lockridge cracked his 19th and 20th doubles of the season on Saturday, becoming the first River Dog since Greg Bird in 2013 to collect 22 baggers before the All-Star break. Along with the bevy of All-Star talent on the roster, Mascara has also spoken very highly of how the clubhouse chemistry has contributed to Charleston's winning environment. The junior from our players from the American players and the Spanish players is so unique in our team. Because to be honest, I, I walk to the clubhouse and I walk to the dugouts and I hear the American players talking Spanish to the Spanish kids that we have on the team. And I just smile and, and it, it makes me feel good. 
The Riverdogs go for the series win over Asheville on Sunday evening at 5.05 before heading out on the road to face Dallas Keuchel on rehab assignment with the Rome Braves on Monday night in Georgia. With this look at the Riverdogs, I'm Matt Dean. With the Tampa Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. On Friday, Tampa's pitching staff tallied 15 strikeouts in a game for the fourth time this season in a 1-0 win over the Florida Fire Frogs. Right-hander Miguel Yahuri made the start and collected a career-high 10 strikeouts in six shutout innings, lowering his ERA to a team-best 2.64. Yahuri has easily been the most consistent starting pitcher for the Tarpons this season, leading the staff with seven starts of at least six innings pitched, including five quality starts. The 21-year-old will enter his next start, having not allowed a run in 13 consecutive innings. Pitching coach Jose Rosado spoke about why Yahuri has been so impressive. He likes to start the game. He, he takes full responsibility of what he's doing and what he wants to do, you know, what he wants to do. Um, Yahuri also got the, the ability to pitch. Uh, when I say that, he's, he got pitch ability, you know, he got that pitch ability. And he could throw a, any pitch at any count, you know, to righty or lefty. Currently, Yahuri's arsenal consists of a fastball, curveball, and changeup. However, the Venezuelan right-hander is working on developing a slider and a cutter. Rosado, though, does not see Yahuri as a strikeout pitcher. When he's out there, he's looking to, to try to do some early contact. You know, he's the one that likes to pitch and likes to go deeper in the game. So for, for you, uh, for him to do that, he knows that he has to induce that early contact once again. So if they swing and miss that pitch, and then it's a punch out. But um, one thing that he's focused on is to, to throw as many strikes he can throw um, in every single guy. Right-hander Frank Hedeman will get the nod as the Tarpons try to complete a sweep of the Fire Frogs this afternoon at 1 o'clock. With the Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. The Thunder find themselves in second place in the Eastern Division with just nine games to go in the first half of the season, which will wrap up on Tuesday, June 18th. Right-hander Garrett Whitlock has been solid for the Thunder throughout the 2019 campaign, despite missing about three weeks with a broken fingernail on his right hand. The righty has allowed two earned or fewer in eight of his ten starts this season for the Thunder. Pitching coach Tim Norton observes some improvements that Garrett still has to make in 2019. We know that he can do a little better job on average. Like I said, he just grinds through it, he gets it done no matter what. But he has a good slider. How often can we throw that good slider? His third pitch is a changeup. He has a good changeup. How often can we throw that good changeup? So we're just trying to increase the number of quality ones where they need to be. So in big spots, he can lean on these pitches instead of it most of the time being fastball. Whitlock was solid again on Saturday night, delivering six innings of two-run ball against the Erie Seawolves in a 3-2 loss. Thunder look for a victory on Sunday afternoon, sending right-hander Trevor Steffen to the mound. He'll be opposed by Seawolves right-hander Kyle Funkhauser. First pitch is at 1 o'clock at Arm & Hammer Park. With the Thunder, I'm John Moses. Big thanks to those guys for getting the reports into us this week, and a big thanks to you for making the rally part of your day. Today is a day off for the first time in three weeks. The Rail Riders don't have a scheduled ball game, and then tomorrow the team opens a six-day, six-game road trip on the road down in Norfolk and Durham. Adam Marco will be on the call solo for all of those. 
Tomorrow's contest begins with a 6.35 pregame show before a 7.05 first pitch. On the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you Tuesday night.